Signs of the Southland, Monday, November 1st. Mr. Grant, why were you trying to eat while I was trying to record audio just a few minutes ago? Because it is 7.30 p.m. and I have not eaten dinner yet. And uh, yeah, that might be a good thing to do. As we all know, dinner time in God's time zone is 8 p.m., actually. I think it leads more towards 4 p.m., but that's just my experience. Uh, it would be 4 p.m. Eastern in your case, or 4 p.m. Central. Anyway, this joke in this bit is uh, very poorly thought out. Let's talk about sports, shall we? Yeah, I mean, we do know those, I guess. Maybe uh, we a little do, better than podcasting. We do indeed. Podcasting is a humor medium, as we always say. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Well, let's avoid getting right to it. Anyway, uh, late night here. Uh, Cross country is first up on the shot sheet. ACC championships. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the bar was probably a little bit higher going into the weekend for the teams. If uh, Coach Drosky's post meet comments are anything to be believed. Um, The women wound up finishing eighth, which is quite a bit... uh, down from last year uh they were second i think in 2020 but i mean not necessarily uh expecting to be that high but it is a bit of a drop off however um nicole fegans did finish seventh uh that is a fantastic all conference performance uh her best finish in her years at tech um so definitely individually have some standout performances it's also worth Noting men got 12th uh, again. I noted that uh, teams are a little bit down probably from expectations or last year. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's running. I can't do it. I'm not about to judge anyone. And uh, I think the uh, individual standout stellar all conference performance is as good of a, a thing to hang your hat on as anything. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think next up, you said they're at NCAA regionals in Huntsville next weekend or two weekends from now. Time is dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the fall's flying by. I don't know if any of our listeners would agree with that. But uh, yeah, it's November 1st and that's weird. But here we are. It's already I mean, it was dark outside at like 6 p.m. today and we haven't even changed clocks. That's why I'm off kilter today and trying to make bad jokes. Yeah, I could have used an extra hour, but probably after last night, not after Saturday night or both, really. I don't know. Um, Speaking of other sports that are rapidly rocketing through the fall slate, um, tennis is approaching the end of their fall slates. Women were off. They go to Mississippi State to close out the fall next weekend. But uh, the men who were also off this weekend uh, still played into Monday last week. And we noted that we didn't know how that ended yet when this dropped because we didn't. Wow. We're great at podcasting. Anyways. Podcasting is a, uh, you know, it's all set in stone. It's a a crystallized medium. Yeah. Um, Anyways, the men, uh, honestly, standout performance. Like not that, not that any of this is unexpected. They were a very solid team last year. They returned basically everyone uh from a tournament team but uh to see shendong uh win through the constellation bracket which we did already know uh because his opponent decided to uh drop the final match but a win's a win flags fly forever um 2009 acc championship flag yeah all that anyways 
um, the men's uh, tennis players at the top of the courts are one and two singles player Andres Martin and Marcus McDaniel uh, teamed up for doubles. They're a top 10 team, uh, one all the way through to the championship of the region, as well as picking up a singles win by one Mr. Martin. So really uh, can't can't complain about that. Like he's a top, I think he's 31st in the country in singles and they're both top 10 in doubles. And, you know, you just want to see those, uh, see those wins keep coming. So good, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one thing that we sort of touched on last year when we were talking about this team, but these are the type of performances that we're sort of, you know, they were building towards, right. They were, they were at the cusp. They were competing with some of those higher level seeds, um, our higher level ITA ranked singles players and doubles doubles pairings. And now they're putting that to the test. They're taking that next step um, and actually collecting some of the wins and, and some serious wins, right? I mean, these are both cha- consolation and championship singles finals and then a doubles. Final. I mean, that's what all three titles that you can take at ITA regionals. Yeah, pretty sure. And um the, the, the important thing to note on that too is we kind of said it from a team sense uh, a couple, I don't know if it was last spring or the spring before that, but when you have a lot of latent talent, it doesn't always show up right away. Um, and, and in that case, it was, oh, wow, Tech finally broke through. I think it was a top 25 NC State team or something like that that they knocked mm-hmm. up. But um, in the same vein, even though as, you know, as tennis players, yourself or myself in in swimming in various capacities and runners i'm sure can relate to this too you don't always come up like in in the team sense in general so like that that's one thing but at the same time you don't always just as just as basketball or football or baseball players do don't always adjust to the speed of the, the college competition right away too and the fact that they're you know going down to a the the tournament of the fall like that is what itas is it you play towards nationals and you know, getting getting it done when it counts, especially Martin for doing the back to back singles and doubles on uh, on uh, the last day of competition on Monday. That's you know, that's that's the sign of a, of a maturing team, and and they're uh, hopefully. Granted, we have a long spring in front of us still, and 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 a fair bit amount to play next weekend, but that's a good sign, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one bit of news as we move on, Swim and Dive had an alumni meet this past weekend during homecoming weekend. Uh, I didn't see anything on ramblinrec.com in terms of scoring or an article of some sort. Uh, I don't know if you have opinions on this or you've heard any sort of updates. The, uh, the only thing I know that I saw for sure was one of the teams honored at homecoming on the field was the 20th anniversary of the start of women's swim and dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that was something that came about after the, uh, after the Olympic aquatic center and, and all that stuff in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they had plenty of alumni in town for that. I, for one um, would have loved to, uh, maybe get some time if there was less of a hectic homecoming to maybe see, you know, some of these young upstarts taking down the people whose uh, names are currently on the record board. Um, But uh, that's neither here nor there. And if 
if somebody's 15 years out of, uh, you know, setting a record, they should not have to come back and defend a thousand freestyle record against some kid who's still swimming. No, 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 no. It's all, it's all cage matches. You must defend all, all records via cage match or the swimming version of a cage match. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, if, if, uh, if if somebody wants to get in there and and that's how uh, Ferraro gets to keep his hundred fly record or something like that, like, but no, that's, uh, it, it's a fun thing. I wish, uh, I think softball has done it notably in the past too. But they did uh, it recently. They did it yeah. earlier this, I guess, last month. But like coming coming back to see Chris Eubanks like smack uh, some current team members around at, or some p- former team members or, you know, like that would be that'd be fun. Or, or watching Zach Maxwell throwing high cheese to Mark Teixeira or something like that. There, there's a lot you could do with that. Mm, I have I have a lot of ideas. There, <laughs> there are a lot of things you could do with that. Yes. Softball versus baseball alumni game. Ooh, but does ba- do the baseball players have to hit softball pitching? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we standardize on softball pitching, but we play yeah. on the baseball diamond. Yes. Okay. I'm into it. I actually am very much so into it. It would I think be very. There'd be fun. a lot of doubles. That's that's my current pet theory. A lot of doubles. I think you'd get a triple out of a couple of them if you play on Russ Chandler's field depending on how much the ball carries yeah, and how, how you have the infield play. I mean, it's the same sport. Anyway, we're getting into the, getting into the weeds. We need to, we need to move on. Uh, Updates from the basketball court, men's basketball played an exhibition versus Morehouse this past weekend. I think they won by 47, 37, maybe. I, I mean, they won, they won big. Um, and then women's basketball is playing an exhibition versus Clayton State tonight. And let's see if I can find the last score update from GT Basketball. Uh, they, they are up by 20. At least 11 minutes ago, they were up by 20 with 426 left in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I, I assume wanna... that one is also going to end uh, in, you know, a positive result for the good gals. Yeah, I did want to note uh, one thing about the Morehouse uh, Morehouse game since we had a lot of stats on that. It was good to see a long bench, uh, honestly, for both teams, but for for Tech in particular, uh, you know, they obviously familiar faces in the starting rotation between Usher, Moore, Howard, DeVoe, Sturdivant. Um, but, you know, Saga, uh, Saba, Gigibera got uh, Gigibaria. Wow, that, I'm going to have to practice that one before we before we go for real. But um <laughs> Um, but he got in for, for double digit minutes. You had, uh, Davon Smith, Debo Coleman, uh, Miles Kelly got good minutes, Jalen Moore, Jordan Mecca, Jermonte Hill, and then, uh, less at the end from Jelani James, Braden Daniels and Coleman Boyd, who are more of the bench squad. I think the biggest question I have looking at this, and, and I think it's a fair question to ask, cause we're going to have to talk preview and, and talk basketball and, and, get get the rust off for this is where is Tristan Maxwell? Mm-hmm. I, he was available towards the end of the season last year after that foot injury had him sidelined for most of the year. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's hard to talk about this game in detail because they didn't have a radio broadcast 
or a video broadcast of any sort. So it's not like we can go back and watch the tape and say, oh, Morehouse was doing this specific thing that it, it wouldn't have made sense for Maxwell to feature. So it's possible, you know, that might be the case. It might be a fitness thing still coming off of that foot injury. Uh, it's unclear. I, I don't really have a guess. I do have one more comment. Attendance was listed at 3585 for this game. Granted, that's probably an easy way to see how many season tickets are baked into that number based on the actual utilization, but that seems to be a pretty good base to start from. So 3585, there's only what 8600 tickets to sell in that arena. Yep. Uh 41, 42%. For selling 42% of your tickets with probably very minimal student turnout. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I guess we do have season tickets. So we're in the pool too. But, um, well, I I would have maybe gone if I had known that it was happening. (laughs) They, I think the same thing holds for the women's basketball one tonight. They haven't really advertised them. That one completely Uh, snuck up on me. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that it was happening until I got an email this afternoon from, I knew, I knew the men's one was happening. I just chose volleyball, but. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know either was happening. I, I mean, obviously we had this to do tonight, so it's not like we could have gone to, um, gone to McCamish tonight for the women's one, but Live I, mean, I would have at Live least show. considered. Live show. Hey, I, I, I joked about that with you and you said no. So that's on you, bud, not me. I was down. I was at work when I found out that it was happening, but, um, in general, yeah, exhibitions, even if you lose, it doesn't matter, but you want to win and win big. Um, Tech was consistent in scoring both halves against Morehouse. The women look uh, fairly the same against There's Clayton no State. live stats. I, I, like, I, I'm looking for live stats to talk about this game, and I can't find any. I mean, maybe, maybe you just got to hit the refresh button harder, and that'll will a tweet into existence. I'm... I'm annoyed. I, as the as the numbers person that I that I like to be, I'm deeply annoyed. Speaking of that, completely aside, there's this billboard nearish to my parents' house that haunts me. Uh-oh. That says "still annoyed," but like annoyed, like still and annoyed are pushed into one word. Yes, and like it's spelled like Illinois, and it's sponsored by the state of Indiana trying to convince people to move to Indiana. So when that's automatically what my brain just jumped to right there, because it does whenever anyone asks about being annoyed. So for all of you that didn't need to know that, there you go. That's that's where we're at on this Monday night. I got to really think on if I should keep that in the recording or not. Thank you for that. that. At least I get, you know, something to think about when I edit this later today. Let's move on um, to you know, the meat of our show every week, volleyball last this week, is a volleyball podcast, uh, the official volleyball podcast, uh, of God, the official podcast of Georgia tech volleyball. English is hard. Actually. We are not uh, the official podcast of anything, sir. Like, <laughs> uh, if you, if you build it, they will come. As I've always said, let's talk about volleyballs last week, or I guess this weekend, uh, they beat UNC three zero and then they beat, uh, they dropped one set to NC State, uh, but still came away with the victory 
One, the NCAA selection committee for the volleyball tournament released their first set of rankings with tech hovering right around number nine. Uh, you have noted here, I mean, if it, tech is a top 16 seed, they're hosting their regional. Be, I mean, it'll be nice to see that, especially as a growing program, a, a growing volleyball conference. Um, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. To have, uh, well, and if, if Pitt and uh, Louisville do stay in the top four, they would host all the way through to the final four. But um, yeah, in terms of growing the game, growing the ACC, being able to host matches at home, O'Keefe would be electric. Hopefully um, they would, you know, sell out. I, I presume so, considering they've done that, what, every game for the last month and a half? I, I have to check yesterday's results, but uh, yeah, no, they called UNC a sellout. I don't think they called NC State a sellout. That's sad. But even if it's like eight of nine, eight of the last nine, it's not like. Well, and Miami coming up is is sold out. They announced that a couple both of weeks Both of them, I, both Miami this week and FSU are sold out, I think. Well, there we go. We are answering our own questions. Um, looking at the, wow, says the attendance for, uh, NC State was only 672. People must have been exhausted after a long weekend of homecoming. What was that? But Saturday? Was that Sunday at one? That was the start time? Yeah, Sunday at one. Yeah. Uh, people probably had set up at the battery at that point. Yeah. yeah. When, when you're going up against game five. <laughs> you're going up against the World Series, the Falcons in town, and also like the back end of homecoming weekend. I could kind of understand poor attendance yeah. um i mean NC, 600 600 still probably more than some people run for most games except uga in past years so there's there's no no shame in that when you're going up against all that competition but in terms of competition on the court ha, 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 um yeah I, i'm a genius but um sweep to open the weekend against north carolina um in terms of Rotation, people we saw, uh, fairly standard at this point. Bertolino, Pimentel, Morissette, Brambia, Bergman, McKissick, uh, and Moss were your starters. So that is a little bit different. Um, but uh, Kayla Kaiser in as the service specialist. Laura Fisher in a little bit in the first. Uh, Tech was efficient. Uh, they were hitting at a 300% clip, 350 actually, uh, in the first set but then we're above 500 in the second and third. And if you don't think that's good, let me tell you this right now. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Tech won the three sets, 25-21, 25-18, and 25-16. UNC, though, not a bad team, right? They're, they're top 25, top 20 in RPI, something oh, like that. Oh, I just had the poll open. It's and... not the poll. They're not ranked, but. Well, well I was looking for some of the. Uh some of the receiving votes because that's where uh, Miami and FSU are. They're not in that poll, but let's pull up RPI. While you do that, I am going to gripe a little bit here that Tech is sitting at 14th in the coaches poll, despite the committee ranking them in the top 10, Massey ranking them in the top 10, and RPI having them all the way up at seven. Um, so coaches, I don't know who you're watching, but uh, – Coaches are Big Ten biased, actually. They drop the Big 12 and Big Ten colored glasses and, and, and watch you some ACC volleyball because the conference this year is stacked. 
right. absolutely stacked. I do have uh, the RPI pulled up. North Carolina is number 23. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, looking forward, since I already mentioned that, uh, uh, on Friday they'll play Miami, uh, number 27 in the Coaches Bowl, Miami, and number 13 in RPI, Miami. Uh, and then on Sunday, they'll play number 30 in the coaches poll, FSU. FSU is 15th in RPI. So very, very challenging games up ahead. Oh, okay. Hold on. Completely aside, the link to the RPI that they have via ramblinrec.com to stats.ncaa.org instead of uh, the main RPI display is very much more detailed. I'm I'm enjoying this page. I'm going to dig into this after, after, uh, after we podcast. But take Nerd. a look. Oh, sh- okay. Game on paper. Um, looking at the rest of the conference, you have Pittsburgh, who has two quality losses, mind you, to top ten RPI teams in Georgia Tech and Louisville. At one in the country, Louisville at three, Tech at seven with a horrifically outdated logo. It's black and yellow, Buzz and GT. Oof. Um, You got Miami at 13 and Florida State is 15. As you mentioned, UNC is still sitting at 23, Notre Dame at 37, and Syracuse marches deeper into the top 50, parking at 44 with Duke uh, and NC State just outside of that. So I think top to bottom, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. To have 10 of your 15 teams, in the top 60 for where this conference has been considering tech, I believe, I believe um, cracked like 70 or something the year that they got left out of the tournament. This they've come such a long way. Like the, the, the fact that the ABCA coaches poll doesn't reflect that is kind of a disservice to, to Miami and Florida state, but those are going to be tough games, tough games. We, we had a, a tough weekend and it's just about to get tougher. So. Yeah, and I, I think we mentioned this last week as well, right? This is where, uh, like, it does not get easier. They really front-loaded the – the ACC gave them a bit of a front-loaded schedule yeah. in terms of difficulty, and now it's where you kind of got to start to grind out results moving forward into the tournament. And the tournament is not that far away. It's no. really not. It's what, basically the end of this month, start of next month? Yeah. Yeah. Um... It, I think we play through to about Thanksgiving weekend. If, if my gut of remembering 2019 tells me, tells me anything there, I just looked at the selection show date, but it's escaping me. Um, and, and like, like you said, when, when you've already played your games against Virginia, well, I guess we got one left against Clemson who's, who's sitting at 122. but when you've already played Virginia, Virginia tech, Boston college and wake forest and, and the remainder is, you know, Miami and Florida State, Pitt and Louisville again. <laughs> this is this is the hardest slate Tech has probably played in its entire history. Like, I, I don't think that's a, a bold thing to say, even, even for the great teams in the early 2000s. Like, just the conference wasn't the gauntlet that it is today. Like, that's just how it is. And uh, it's also worth noting that the ACC in general is uh, the second in conference RPI behind the Big 12. So, mm-hmm. uh I'm reading through the NCAA.com report on the selection committee rankings. Here's what, here's how they explain tech's top 10 
uh, ranking here. Uh, Brantley, that is Shireen Brantley, the D1 Women's Volleyball Committee chair. Uh, Brantley explains that the Yellow Jackets have one top 10 win over Pitt, which is an impressive feat, two and two top 25 wins, as well as six top 50 wins. Their one significant loss is to Notre Dame, but the Fighting Irish have been playing really well. Georgia Tech scheduled tough non-conference games, and they have a high RPI, so that really helped their case right now. What I find really interesting as I look through this, UCLA, who Tech lost to early in the non-con slate, if I remember correctly, time yes, is, you're right. time is fake, is number 10, is immediately right behind Georgia Tech. Um <laughs> It's really weird to see Tech uh, ranked just slightly above a team that they lost to. Uh, alas, I'll take it. I, I'm going to pick that nit. Like, it's it's one thing to get swept by Louisville, and, and they're an amazing team and, and probably a, a, a very real contender to win it all this year. It's another thing to lose to Notre Dame in five sets at home. That shouldn't happen. But that UCLA game, out on the West Coast, second night in a row you're playing. You don't start till late at night. You're body also West Coast time. Clock, body they, clock game. David they, Shaw is rolling around in his office right now and doesn't know why. They they don't know. They're not. They don't know. Like the, the game ended at like one thirty local for the East Coast after their second day in a row out there. Like, and they're playing in L.A. and like or Long Beach. Sorry, I, I know California people. It's all L.A. It's but. it's all L.A. Just like how Alpharetta is Atlanta. Ugh, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. You you tell yourself that, kid. Um, but sure have uh, before. But anyways, uh, that's uh, that's a good place to be if you're tech, and uh, hopefully they do get some some home playoff games. I know that I would definitely watch the heck out of those. So, noted season ticket holder wants to watch more of the team that he holds season tickets for. Another news: water is wet. More at ten. Yeah. Um, again, of note, Miami uh, bounced back, rebuilding. That was the only team we lost to last fall. Uh, Florida State, again, also very good. So even if you can't make it in person this weekend, check them out on TV. Bally Sports South, a.k.a. the RSN. Uh, Miami. Wait, really? Said- They're on Bally? That's so unwatchable. <laughs> Watch them on TV, he says, as they play on unwatchable channels. They're, they're at... Uh, the, the game on Friday versus Miami is at 7.30 on the RSN, and then the game versus FSU on Sunday is at 5 p.m. on the RSN. So uh, figure it out, I guess. I don't know. Uh, get by cable for the weekend? I dream of a world that my YouTube TV uh, includes Valley Sports South again, but someday we'll be there. Someday, indeed. Let's talk about another game very quickly that was on an RSN. Georgia Tech football lost 17-26 to at noon on Saturday, uh, 10.30, uh, to Virginia Tech. Did I say Virginia Tech already? I probably did. Uh, give me your high-level thought here. It was a kind of – I mean, it was homecoming day. There was all the festivities – before before the game, uh, I know both of us were very busy uh, before the game, uh, so not a lot of time to sort of analyze and preview immediately, at least think about the matchup. But give me sort of what your feelings were going in and then what the performance sort of meant to you or what you've mm-hmm. gleaned from it. 
is no an option? I mean, yes. I'm going to give you my real my real thoughts because because that's why we have a podcast. But the the frustrating thing is is it felt like a winnable game, and I think we knew that going in. But I think, quite frankly, about exactly what I expected happened. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I got. I, that's my high level view. I, I I cut it off after two sentences. That must be a record. Incredible. Yeah. I, I think when we were preparing for this episode, I kind of kept stating, I really don't want to talk about this game because I think there's nothing that we haven't said. There's nothing new from this performance, right? The problems that were exposed in this performance are the same ones that we've seen all season. I think maybe some of them were a different, were a slightly different shade of those colors, but nothing was a different color entirely for lack of a better metaphor. Yeah. Um, So if you want more analysis, I guess, listen to last week's listen to the week before, but Virginia tech threw the ball pretty effectively. They ran the ball pretty effectively. This is a team that was scuffling uh, is very much. So uh, as a coach that is very much so on the hot seat, if not just like, a feat fully encased in an inferno. Uh, and they were able to come away with a nine point victory despite being a four point underdogs. Well, and, and I'm not going to complain about ref ball here. Cause obviously there's way, way, way more problems than that, but it did seem like even when we did get stuff going and th- there were some great plays in there. Like th- there was a, they ran the Jameer Gibbs big play play. And that was awesome. Haven't, haven't seen as much of that as I think we kind of, bet on coming into the year but like i missed it it felt good it it, it was good to see um but like there was a couple times man big gain wiped out by a uh hold or something like it it was it was tough in that regard it was tough in just not converting sometimes when we needed it like at, at the end of the day like it just wasn't a win <laughs> like it wasn't like we got robbed it wasn't like they drastically outplayed us and then snatched it out of the like you know like beat down and we were close and blah. It, it was just a it was kind of it was a football game and and <laughs> certainly we there were two game. teams of 11 players playing football on this playing surface yes yes and then we all left <laughs> uh, I, I just want to give some i guess context i, I do want to at least talk about some of the advanced stats trends that we saw uh, before we move on um, in this game, tech actually improved their rushing EPA per play uh, average. Uh, they were around the levels of coastal Carolina for a good chunk of this game. Coastal Carolina, I think is, uh, I think universally we've kind of stated is one of the best offenses in the nation. Um, so you're seeing their levels higher, uh, you know, they were hovering right around there. They dipped right towards the end, but for most of the game, that's where they were. Uh, talking about passing, though, uh, this was a pretty rough performance on that side of the ball. E- EPA per play, the, the historic average for the season, took a massive hit uh, throughout this game. Um, it's something that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, it's, it's still inconsistent. Uh, rushing is getting better. I think the last couple of games we've been talking, uh, the, we've been talking a couple of times here and there that they've been more consistent 
they've rattled off bigger plays. They're able to scheme, at least on the rushing side of the ball, they're able to scheme something up to get players for get players free, help players hit their blocks. That's something what we've seen. Uh, but in terms of passing, it's been either the same level of uh, just sort of meh to different levels of, of, of frustrating. Right. Um, defensively, I got, I, again, nothing that I haven't already said. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Okay. Wow. What a fun segment. Let's move on to an even more fun segment talking about this week's game versus Miami. Are you ready? Are you ready no. to play in Miami no. yet again? No, <laughs> no, I don't look, want to look, Mr. Grant. It is the two year anniversary of Presley Harvin throwing a massive bomb to Nathan Cottrell on a fake punt in which Miami's defender just completely quit on the play. I personally think that is very exciting. You're right. That is exciting. But Tech has uh, historically, at, at least maybe I'm a little biased here, but Hard Rock Stadium gives me way more of the heebie-jeebies than I think any other stadium in the conference. I think that's because of the bubble screens. Yes. It's yes. I see those in my nightmares still. It's because your first experience of, play, of, of Tech playing in a away game at Hard Rock was the bubble screen game. Yep, you're right. Youths. And it was not fun. Youths. The, uh, I, I'm amazed on some level that the advanced stats think what they do of Miami. Um, 23 FPI, 25 SP+. Plus. That does not jive with the Miami that I watched. It's also, it's also really strange, right? They pulled off just not necessarily an unthinkable win last week over Pitt, but they did it and just they it's not that they played Pitt's game, it's that they sort of dragged Pitt down to their level. Yep. And and stuck them into the muck that is the ACC coastal. It, it's just been a weird year for Miami. And a Miami, like Virginia Tech, is one of those teams that's been scuffling the entire year, right? They lose the Eric King to injury. They got a couple of defensive injuries as well. They're starting a freshman at quarterback that's looked honestly pretty decent. But Miami or many Diaz in Miami have been on a, a similarly inferno encased hot seat for the, the entire year. And now I, I think that Pitt win does buy him some goodwill, but it's going to be interesting to see how far that goodwill goes the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they got their signature win against Pitt. Signature win against Pitt. Words that have never been uttered ever. At least not since 1978 or whatever. But um, anyways, it, it's just a befuddling team. Um both of them like are said, befuddling teams. Let's be clear. Both of these teams are befuddling. But the crazy thing is that's what we said about last week. <laughs> that if we have to do that again, I don't really know what's it's con- It's consistent. Like there's a consistent inconsistency, right? Uh, yeah. That's that's the definition of the ACC Coastal. That's the definition of Coastal Chaos. Like Miami is favored by 10. It's an over-under of 64. Honestly, if, if Tech wins this game on a measurement again, like – I would not really be surprised. Not because I'm super confident in tech per se, 
in the way that they play their game. But because this this division is just dumb. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It the it fact make, that it hurts my brain. It hurts the my fact brain. that somebody's gonna win this and then go to Charlotte to go and play. have like a half decent chance of beating whoever comes out of it comes out of the other division because it's not the Clemson Death Star this year. Honestly, this whole like we're just sledgehammering ourselves and others. Our, I mean, ourselves. Every team has stepped on their own foot or gotten ranked too high by the media or, or whatever. But, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, the, the Clemsonless ACC is just – we, we joked about last year the entire conference becoming the ACC Coastal. Uh. But, like – the entire conference is now the ACC Coastal. Like other than you know other than happening, right? Other than our Lord and Savior Wake Forest, Demon, the Demon Deacons. Demon Deacons. It's literal Lord and Savior time here. Demon Deacons. I just that's wow. the Demon Deacons motorcycle passing your window. I was gonna say 14th Street is 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 wild tonight, y'all. But anyways, again, who knows what to expect from Miami? Plagued by injuries, not looking not not anything like we we really thought they would look like coming into the year, but you know, they're they're four and four, they're two and two in the ACC. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yes. two and two in the ACC. Like theoretically, they have some modicum of a shot of still ending up in Charlottesville, despite being Charlotte, not the, Charlottesville. The, the, they will. I think they've already played Miami or they've I, already played Virginia. They're not going to Charlottesville. They already, they already, what? Oh, they hosted that? Virginia this year. Yeah. Um, Charlotte end of sentence. Um, like, like at the end of the day, we could have all of this wild nonsense and wind up with, a chalky college football playoff and Miami in the ACC coastal. Not that that's chalky. They've only done it once and they only scored what three total points. Like it, it was very funny. Let's be clear. It was very funny, but it's still exactly what many people thought would happen anyways. And I, I think that's, that's wild that you can, you can spin this roulette and, and you know, you're probably going to see Wake Forest in Charlotte. I hope so. That would be fun and different. And hopefully they score more than six points this time. Granted, that was in Jacksonville, but you get the point. At the end of the day, like, it's going to be weird. And I guess the best we can do is just enjoy it until then. Like, me saying I know anything about what's going to happen in this football game would be a lie. I don't know what to expect from Georgia Tech. I think they're very much capable of, you know, going in and and North Carolina defying the Hurricanes. Like, that that could happen. Or... Sure could. or, or, Or they could get... Pit part two, and Miami just beat that pit team. So, like, sure could. All of this could happen, and who's to say what will? Not me. Anyway, uh, spend some time in Miami, I guess. Miami's a fun town. There's lots of things to do there. <laughs> uh, welcome to Miami. Um, welcome to Miami, indeed. Any last notes? Because I think that is the end of our agenda for today. 
Um, I did want to say I've been playing around with the uh, NCAA fun stats called Nitty Gritty um, for the volleyball like tournament selector thing. And of our last games, I, I was able to verify of the six that we have left, five are versus top 15 teams and one is against Clemson, um, including Pitt, Louisville, top three. So, you know, it's it's going to like we said, if, if you didn't believe it when we just said it, like. Ball don't lie. Numbers don't lie. It's 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 tough. Grind out results. It's the end of the year. Grind them out. Um, other than that, I think it is worth noting that uh, if you are not uh, in tune with basketball yet, because you're like me and you think it's still September, um, their opening the, for the men is next Tuesday uh, against Miami of Ohio. You're kidding me. That's that's. Next Tuesday? Yes, next next Tuesday, November 9th. Oh my God. And then they too get many sports. Friday. Where my the, brain the, is going the to non con slate is just it's it's attacking you. It's hitting you with right over the head because it's here. Surprise. Um it's bonking you right there. All the games are within an hour and a half drive uh, for like the first two months of the season, except for the one that's out in Phoenix. So uh, if you're in town, State Farm Arena, Athens, Midtown, like if, if you're close to Atlanta, there are a lot of opportunities to watch men's basketball. And then the women also are underway, but I believe they start on the road up in central Michigan. Yeah, central Michigan. Uh, but that's next Tuesday as well. So <laughs> By by the time, oh, uh, God. I guess I guess we'll have another preview ish recording next week. But if you're if you're here for basketball, you got you got two weeks, two weeks to prepare your prepare your brain. Uh, just one update on the women: uh, they did finish their game just now. Uh, Tech one seventy four to fifty three, so another twenty plus point victory. Uh, if I was following the play by play correctly on Twitter. In the background here, there was a big game and big return for Sarah Bates. Good. So good stuff. That's what, that's what we like to like what we like to see. Absolutely. All right. That's it for us. We will see you all next week. <laughs>